All right. Welcome, everyone, to episode 33 of APS Radio. I'm joined today by FDNY's safety chief, Frank Lieb. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jim. Happy to happy to be here with my my good friend. Thanks for having me. I'm glad I'm glad to have you back. It's been a while since we recorded anything together. It is, but luckily, it hasn't been a while since we've seen each other and spoke. So that's a no. Question. That's been like a week or week and a half. But <laughs> you know, and you were when I saw you, you were peddling this book of yours, and and this in my very best James Limpton, the cornerstone of leadership, right there. And all the younger viewers are like, "Who's James Limpton?" Yeah. <laughs> and I would say to that, just look up Will Farrell's impression of James Limpton on SNL good stuff yes, but you're sir. you're an author i'm an author yeah and not only am i an author jim but i've become a best-selling author in several categories on uh, on amazon which is just um uh, just incredibly humbling that uh that that people are um buying the book and that they're um that they can relate to it and that they're taking some of the lessons from it and uh and hopefully going to do something with, with them, which is a good thing. Oh, I, I've read it. I just finished it a few days ago. It was a, it was a great read, a quick read, uh, big words, which was not, not the word for big, but the big font, which helped with my eyes. I appreciate yeah, it. So the idea was to, it's not quite large print, but it's bigger than a lot of books have. And I want it to be easy to read. Um, and it only to change the font that little bit bigger added six pages. So it's not like it was a, a you know, a, a big deal. It's not like it increased the cost of the book all that much. Um, and it just, we wanted it to be, you know, and I say we, I mean, my publisher, um, which happens to be my son, I wanted it to be, uh, a, a four hour in the range of four hours to read it. So I've been hearing, uh, mostly from four to five hours for people to read it cover to cover. Um, and every single thing that we looked at, whether it's the size of the book, six by nine, the, the font size, the color, the weight of the paper, um, everything that we did was to make it, um, we looked up what's most popular, what people like to make it where it's an easy, uh, easy read. It, and it is, and it's a good read. Uh, I know my first question to you when I saw you is just when in the world did you find a time to even sit down and compose this? Cause you are a busy, 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 busy man. Well, so it's all about time management. What do you do in your downtime? What do you do when you're driving? What do you do when you're on a flight, you know, on an airplane? Um, and my ability to write got significantly better after I went to the Naval Postgraduate School and was uh, really exposed to one of my first instructors, Chris Bellavita. Um, and since then, I could write an article um, on a flight on my phone and and have it, and then I'll email it to myself and then uh, it'll be 95% done, do a little bit of editing, add some photos, and it's good to go. I've, so I write so often now that um, I can utilize the time. And, you, you know, you do it in chunks, right? You don't sit down and say, I'm going to write a book. You know, you write little pieces and things. I, I joke around, brilliance comes five minutes at a time. You'll come up with a brilliant thought. And if you don't write it down immediately, it's gone. You lose it. Five minutes later, you're like, boy, that would have been a good line for, for an article or a book. But I didn't write it down. Um, but that's really it. It's just time management and I've become pretty good at managing my time and I do like to be busy. So that helps too. What, what made you decide to actually sit down? I mean, cause I know, like you said, you've written plenty of articles, but writing a book, that's, that's a 
whole nother scale. You know, when did you decide that you wanted to take take that on? And what was that whole process like? Oh, you're right. It is a whole nother scale. And so basically, Peter Matthews, he, uh, from Firehouse, he had asked me to do the keynote. And that was where the book, the genesis of the book is basically from, from that keynote, right? It's, so the outline of it was largely done. And just, I had so many people after I did that keynote that they were like, you got to write a book based on the keynote. And it was um, a couple of people in particular, you know, Sarah Jenke was really on me about writing a book um, even before the keynote. And afterwards, uh, Chris Stewart, from who recently retired from Phoenix, recently, just over a year ago, um, that was the impetus where he was like, you got to look at the, um, the, the speech, Make Your Bed, which was the commencement address for, I think it was University of Texas. Um, and then, then the book, then I read the book and I was like, you know what, I can do this. And there's so many lessons in a relatively short book. I mean, the book, Make Your Bed, took me about two hours to read, but it was chock full of information. So I wanted to keep a book that was on, based on leadership, that was short, that was to the point, that could give you actionable intelligence that you can implement or do stuff with right away. And that was in the form of the chapter and then five takeaways for each chapter um, that are after the chapter and all of them are listed at the end. So, and then two bonus chapters for Mark Ferran and my buddy, Jim Yearsley. Um, so there's a total of 127 takeaways in the book, which I love books that, that give me some, give me some takeaways at, at the end of it. I had lots of definite, definite food for thought going through that. And it was, you know, each chapter had your kind of like your pro tips. And I did like at the end, how it all is combined together. Um, very good stuff. Um, you know, you wrote this, it's obviously about the FDNY. It's obviously your experience, but also you talk about your volunteer experience and just the way you even wrote this, it's not necessarily, I mean, it's a fire service book, but it's much more beyond that too, which I really enjoyed. Like there's something that anybody could take away from this stuff. And that was the intent um, was to make it where, you know, leadership transcends the fire service, but I'm all in on the fire service. I got 31 years in the FDNY. I got 40 years in my volunteer department. My experiences are fire related, um, just like um, McRaven's experiences are military related. But the, the takeaways are not just for the military. These are not just for the fire service. These are um, all those soft skills. I mean, think about, every, it doesn't matter what profession you're in. Everybody's had a boss where you said, boy, they really know what they're doing, but their delivery sucks. They don't know how to connect with people. They don't have good bedside manners, right? Whatever it is. And that's really what this book concentrates on. This book isn't going to teach you how to force a door, stretch a hose line. There's plenty of good books out there on, on those things. But this is all those other things, kind of the, the, the human touch, told with, with fire stories and, uh, uh, and such, because that's what I know. Anytime I got too technical, anytime I had somebody review it, they were like, yeah, um, this you know, it's too technical. You shouldn't be teaching how to do whatever, you know, so I wound up taking them out. And in a couple of cases, three of the chapters that I thought were done, we wound up taking out and it, one of them got replaced. The other two never did. Uh, and the book is stronger, I think, because of it. Yeah. You know, the other thing I like too about this is, I mean, it's, it's your, it's your story. It's, it's young Frank starting and just being, naive as can be taken on the world 
and just your growth throughout that, throughout your career and just the stories. I mean, how things were handled way back then and then how they're handled now. And, and you're, a, I think a big part of that change, um, you know, being in a position you're at, but I really, I, it was interesting because there's a lot of parallels to what I saw too, growing up in the fire service and how a lot of the stuff early on was just ignored, you know, don't talk about it, move on to where we are now to where we do talk about it and we do work through stuff. And we need to talk about it and work through it. And, and so for me, my volunteer fire service experience was so much of the formative building blocks of, uh, you know, of the foundation, right, that I would become. And for, for some people, that's side jobs or that's the Boy Scouts or that's whatever else, right? So everybody... Uh, or the Girl Scouts, right? So everybody can relate to something in their life that, yeah, that's what, something gave you your foundation, right? And hopefully you had a strong foundation. I was blessed. I worked in the volunteer fire service with, with so many hardworking um, people. And we had such um, great leadership from so many people. Um, and I call out a couple of them in the, in the book, but there were many that I had before those leaders and after those leaders and even today. Uh, in my volunteer fire service. And then when I got into the career fire service, I, again, I was blessed to work with just some legendary people that when you talk about leadership and uh, and just the building blocks of continuing that education. And and really, it's it starts off with a young, naive Frank that thought he knew it all. Um, and then you realize that you don't know it all. The more you know, the, realize, the more you realize you don't know. And that hopefully will keep you humble and keep you with a beginner's mindset that you could continue a really a lifelong journey of learning and being better. Very well said. And, you know, another part that I enjoyed is you really, I mean, you do a great job of talking about your mentors, the people that shaped you and helped you throughout your career. And I guess my question is, at what point did you realize that you were mentoring others now, that the, the script was actually flipped? Well, that's a great question because I still have people mentoring me, right? Um, and they are so valuable. And they're not always within my organization, right? There's a lot in my organization, but there's others. I mean, even, um, you know, even your family, right? They are mentors to you, um, but there's so much. But I think, um, I don't know. I think I was I was mentoring people without knowing it for even as a firefighter, but I didn't realize it until my influence started to grow and people would tell me that, um, and both inside and outside my organization, because what's one of the things that's been most humbling, Jim, about, um, about the release of the book, and now as I've, um, I've gone now to a couple of places where I've been signing books and speaking, um, and the amount of people that have told me that I didn't know, people that I don't know, that they come up to me and I'm signing their book, and they tell me that um, you've been a mentor of mine um, for a long time. And it really hits you and humbles you that what you're doing is making a difference um, inside your organization, outside your organization, because I say it all the time and I, and I mean it. Um, it's we're, we're literally all in this together. And if, if we could help people be better leaders, better people, better bosses, whatever, whatever it is. And that could, again, inside and outside the fire service, because... I've had good bosses and bad bosses outside of the fire service in some of my uh, in some of my early jobs as well. And again, learn something from from everybody. Sometimes it's what not to not to do, but um, 
the fact that I can be a mentor outside of my organization with people I don't know, I just think that is a heavy responsibility and one that I cherish and I accept. You know, it, it is, I mean, obviously just the, the power of the FDNY and, you know, being the big brother, to everybody and everybody kind of looking up to you as an organization for guidance. I mean, that that's tremendous, but what I'd love about you and I've always loved about you is, you know, it's FDNY, but it's also the entire fire service and you share your knowledge, your expertise, your passion with everybody. And it doesn't matter if you're East Farmingdale, you know, volunteer department or Beaver Creek or Dayton or anywhere else. Like, you know, it's, you, you never have acted better than, and I think that's actually unique. I don't think I'm used to that. And I don't think the rest of the fire service is, is used to that. Like that you're that approachable and you care. Because we're all just together. Nothing's better than someone else. We're all just trying to do the job and do it to the best we can. And and um, and if we could help them pass it along. The FDNY is a big platform, right? Obviously. And, and we have a lot of people that go out and speak. And I always tell them, be worthy, right? Be worthy of those four letters on the back of your coat, those FDNY, because they mean so much more than just what they mean to those you work with. And obviously those that we're sworn to protect, you know, the visitors and residents of New York City. But it means so much the influence that we have on um, not only the American fire service, but the international fire service, the fire service as a whole community. And we're, we're a part of that community. Um, nothing more, nothing less. We're a part of that community. And we should be um, contributing to that. And I take that responsibility seriously. And it's, again, one of the, one of the takeaways in the book is simply be worthy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I think another way of describing this book is simply, it's almost just, it's a story about respect. It's a story about trusting your people, enabling your people, treating them how you would want to be treated. Really the golden rule, just being a good person that is you know i know that's that's not written that way but that was kind of my takeaway from this is just you know treat other people how you want to be treated help them out and let them go and they're gonna they're gonna take that and run with it and do it to the best of their ability shouldn't we all treat people the way we want to be treated i mean it's um be nice uh as an officer i i don't I don't yell at my firefighters. I don't want anybody yelling at me. Um, I don't, um, you know, if someone does something that they shouldn't be doing and I need to talk to them about it, um, you know, and I have to discipline them, I do that in private. I praise them in public. I celebrate my people. I celebrate all of the people that are doing amazing stuff um, for my organization and for other organizations. Celebrate your champions. I mean, the power of a thank you means so much to so many people. And we just don't use those simple words all that often. I simply, I love what I do. I love the fire service. I love my firefighters. Um, and, you know, it's okay to show that, right? I mean, I think they, you know, they they get it, right? That I'm there, I'm there for them at any time. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And I think that book explains that. And I know at the end of the book, you really talk about, not necessarily your legacy, but just, everybody's legacy 
and and leaving their department better than it was when they got on there and and leaving themselves better than they were when they got there uh, that's what we always say right leave the organization better than you found it um and that that chapter is, you know um, the concluding chapter talks about micromanaging as well and you know i don't micromanage my people if i have high achieving people i give them the assignment i tell them what i want done i give them enough i give them enough rules to where they understand my leader's intent but then that's it i'm not looking to constrain them into a box i want you to you know the greatest resource we have is a well-trained thinking physically fit firefighter so um if i want them to think well i got to give them room to grow and do that and when you do that to the right people in your organization, they never let you down. My high achieving firefighters never let me down. Whether I want them to come up with an out-of-box solution, or I want them to build a Proby Pavilion at the at the fire academy, which our Proby, the Proby Pavilion, right, is a beautiful structure. And I basically just told them the size and the dimensions and what I wanted it to be. They, it's funny because they would come up to me with all these different ideas, and I'd be like, is that what you want to do? And they, they would say, I think it'll be best for the project. Then do it. I appreciated that they ran it by me, but my I wasn't looking to stifle them or their creativity because that's how you get that's how you get a bunch of people who don't want to do anything for you or the organization. And nobody wins when that's the case. Right. So we create these partnerships. Everybody's got skin in the game. Everybody has ownership. And everybody, everybody wins when we do that. Absolutely. Very nicely said. And I know I've heard that story from you before. Um, it was actually cool because I having the uh, being able to have seen you speak on several times, a lot of those stories were actually being recounted to me. So I, I, I appreciate that. And uh, it just even made them, I think that much better for me actually, you know, cause I've seen pictures and everything else from your slides before. Um, where I can ask, where can everybody find this book? Where's, you know, uh, I know you're on socials and Amazon, everything else, but if somebody wanted to get this book, how do they go about getting it? Yeah, so right now it's uh, it's currently available on Amazon. Um, that's the easiest place. Uh, that's the easiest place to get it. Um, or I mean, at any of the places that I've been um, that I'm going, I'm going to be speaking at a bunch of different places, and uh, most of the places I'm going, actually, all of them have told me to, uh, you know, to bring some books along as well. Um, but if you buy it on Amazon and you go to a conference that I'm speaking at, and you you know, you, you want to tell me your thoughts about it, you want to come up and say hello, you want me to sign it. I mean. Certainly, by all means, uh, do that. I'm, uh, like I said, I'm humbled that people are spending their hard-earned money, Jim, on, on, on my book, and it's got a couple of really good reviews. Uh, people have been on Facebook. People have been posting and um, posting pictures of them with their book, and posting cornerstones of taking cornerstones of leadership. Uh, one firefighter whose uh, whose child's in, uh, you know, uh, just had a recent child, and and uh, child's going to be in the hospital for a while, and he's reading it at the hospital. He sent a picture of him, you know. Um, near near his child and just stuff like that. I signed a book to someone who was going to give it to um, a chief he's going to promote when he gets home and he wants to give him that as a book. Uh, I signed a copy for uh, the parents of, of of somebody who was killed in the line of duty. It's just been it's just been humbling, man. Uh, our profession and beyond. And I, I I can't reiterate how much we are all in this together, and whether it's the fire service or. Uh, and, and beyond. And that, again, that's what the, the intent was, a soft skill book on leadership. Um, if you want to learn how to stretch a hose line, you know, like I said, find, find a different book. 
but for, for this book, and I was recently talking to uh, a lawyer and um, he, uh, he told me like 80%, in fact, it was uh, Kurt Verone, I saw him at Firehouse Expo and he told me uh, 80% of um, litigation involving fire service, and he said even outside, right, the fire service is the microcosm of society, revolves around all those soft skills. Uh, because we have people that are fantastic at this at, at the skills, but then when they want to be a leader, um, it doesn't always doesn't always transcend so well. And I think about the people I know that they are tactically. If if I was trapped in a fire, that's who I want. But if but if I needed someone to negotiate, you know, uh, sell, you know, two people that are arguing and they're going to be the mediator, I probably wouldn't want them. They'd be like throwing gasoline on the fire. Um, but you know, that's that's what it's about. And you said it. Be kind. Do, do the right thing, uh, treat people the way you want to be treated. And my stories are all fire stories. And that's the, in my career, I've, I've, um, I've had some crazy responses that have gone to, I've been deployed a couple of times, um, you know, to Katrina, to Harvey. Um, so it's, I have uh, some unique stories and it is, it's all about my stories and the leadership lessons they provide. Yes. And, and I love how, I mean, you, it does paint the picture of just throughout your career, lessons learned, the good, the bad, but just lessons learned that you can use later on. And it's, and having that, you know, real life accountability of just some of the crazy stuff that you've seen <laughs> it is crazy the stuff. I don't want to spoil anything. I want, I want everybody to get, go buy the book themselves, but I mean, you've got experience and I mean, it, it shows it's uh it's been a heck of a career for you. It's been a wild ride. Um, and there's so much in the book that I really don't even talk about, right? There's, I, you know, so many stories, but I wanted to pick the ones that, that really were uh, important leadership moments where you could look and say, like, this is a pretty good lesson that came out of this experience. And, um, yeah. uh, and the stories, because of the experiences, like I said, were, you know, you mentioned, um, some of the stories are pretty funny. Some of them are, uh, you know, a little sad and some of them really, um, you know, when I talk about my buddy, Chris is really exposing, you know, his vulnerability there. Right. And, uh, but I think, um, and when we talk about that, you know, that chapter talks a little bit about mental health, um, the chapter you're one of the chapters you're referring to. And, uh, you know, uh, it's okay to not be okay. And luckily we do things so much different and better today than we did you know, when you and I started, uh, in the, in the fire service. Yeah. You, um, I, I always, and you, and you do a really good comparison of the job. I mean, you, for example, you, in the book, you discuss the, the plane crash and how, you know, it's from there back to just pretending like nothing happened and get back to normal and how that would never be that way in today's day of age and then you talk about you kind of compare it to oh was that that fire where 17 people died yeah and how you know you had frank and and his his unit out there the behavioral health unit and i mean he really went above and beyond to make sure everybody was okay in a situation that was really not okay yeah and, and we are light years difference you know that that plane crash that i referenced was um, in October of, uh, of 2001, right? Not that long after September 11th, and you know, we were emotionally empty. And, but we didn't 
quite have the capacity to respond to that on, you know, on making sure our people are okay um, on that type of a scale. And where we are today is very different. And I'm, pr I'm proud of that. I'm proud of my organization, how, how good we are that we could have a peer counselor in every single firehouse that needs it the same day as a major incident. And we need to account for so many different firehouses and EMS stations. And, you know, that even somebody came up to me that day, you know, the day the Twin Parks fire and asked me how I was. And I got a follow-up phone call the next day. Um, and rank didn't yeah. matter, right? So rank doesn't matter. So it's ultimately, right, if you're having a, if you're having difficulty, it doesn't matter if you're the chief of department, you're the probie, you know, uh, for me, I was the command chief that day, but the things we saw and the things my people were doing, my people are amazing, but we got to make sure that they stay amazing and they stay healthy. Um, and that, that's what it's about because, you know, you don't want to lose 17 civilians that day. And we did a great, you know, we did a great job minimizing the loss of life, but I don't want to lose people to a lifelong of, of mental health anguish. Um, and we could do, you know, we could do better. And I think when it comes to some of the training on that, we need to, to preload them, you know, before the, before the incident. So they know how to deal with it. Exactly. That's a whole, that's a whole nother topic, but yeah, it is. There's, there's a lot going on in that. I mean, Dean Alley, uh, the battalion chief out of Raleigh, he's writing a book um, that Penwell is going to be publishing, I, I believe, in time for FDIC next year. I mean, that's um, uh, I wrote the forward for that. It's a fantastic, uh, it's a fantastic book that will uh, will teach us some of that and why, you know, how how we could cope with it, why it's happening. I mean, it's just uh, I learned a lot by um, by reading it. Eventually, I had to tell her because she's so smart. With I'm like, Dean, you got to stop writing. You know, it's, um, I told her, I said, my book's a four hour read. You know, you keep it, firefighters like short, short into the, you know, short reads, but there's so much, there's so much good information that it was impossible to make a book that short, which it's not, it's a, it'll be a pretty large book. It'll be a encyclopedia of information on the topic for sure. I would expect nothing less from her. Yeah, that's right. It's, exactly. <laughs> you know, she is thorough. Yes. Um, I'm looking forward to, to that read as well. That'll be good. Yeah, there will be for yeah. sure. You know, I, I told you earlier today, and I'll say it again here. If I, I really wish my chiefs had either read this or done a lot of things that is in this book, because if that was the case, I'd probably still be working and I, I can't think of a better, that's it's probably the best compliment that I can give you, is that. I appreciate that. And, and, and I've heard that a couple of times now. And it's, again, it's incredibly humbling. I've had a couple of people that have read the book. Um, and they said, I immediately ordered them for all of my offices. Or I got one for my chief. But it's really for anybody who's, if you're aspiring to be a leader that others follow and others believe in and others trust, competency, you have to have competency, right? So um, take that off the table a second, because if you're, if you're incompetent, you, you then, we, we, then that's a whole nother story, right? So let's assume that your leader, like the leaders in the FDNY, um, our uniform leaders, if you're a lieutenant, if you're a captain, you have operational competence. But then how do we take that to the next step? 
where you're the leader that inspires others to, to be better, a leader that people want to work for, a people that, you know, a leader that lets their people grow, that you mentor and foster them because they're the next leader. Um, you know, small departments, you know why people leave small departments? Now you got to pay, you have to pay the members, right? So if you're paying them well, the only reason people leave is because they're not valued, they don't, or they don't get training, or they have very poor leadership. You know, some people will leave to go to larger departments because they, they want to be in a larger department. There's, sometimes there's more opportunities. But the majority, when you ask people why they leave their department, they'll tell you, my department didn't value me. And, you know, when, in a day and age when we're having recruitment problems, that shouldn't be why people are leaving your department. Um, and I think, and especially from hearing uh, many of the early reviews of the book, is that that's one of the huge values of this book is that it is in a very simple, um, in a very simple way, I outline ways and not, not all of these, not everything that's outlined is easy to implement or easy to change. Um, but I put it in an easy way to at least give you the building blocks, the steps, maybe a roadmap on how, on how you can get there. I think the only thing you could have added is saying nobody cares about pizza parties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no such. And also, you guys no such, did great. Here's some pizza. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a pizza party. Well, so that's that's right. That's all. <laughs> uh, so after a fire, so you know, uh, as as um as all of your viewers know, um, you know, Jim is a tremendous and tireless advocate for um, reducing and preventing cancer in the fire service, um, and so am I. And um, you know, I talk about. Uh, when I do my presentations on cancer and I get around to talking about in the volunteer fire service after a fire, um, everybody stays on scene and becomes a pizza party and we order pizza and we hang out for another hour or two, which I don't mind hanging out for a while after that, right? You get to speak to everybody, especially if you have mutual aid companies, there are people you haven't seen, but there we are eating pizza. I mean, the only thing worse would be, you know, Kentucky fried chicken because it's finger licking good. Um, but I tell people don't eat the crust, right? Because we don't want to ingest uh, soot on a fire on a fire ground. There's a reason when there's a fire um, in a place that sells food, the Board of Health comes and they have to throw out all the food because the Board of Health is trying to make it where the, uh, the customers don't ingest soot. Yeah. Anyway, dare we digress a little bit there, Jim? But yeah, <laughs> pizza party. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. Yes, I agree with you about the. The pizza party at, at the scene i'm talking about the hey you guys did a good job here's we're gonna grill some burgers or here's some pizza oh yes okay yeah yes which, which you know. do it but tell your people you you know celebrate your champions celebrate your people ask them right after action review stop by telling them what you could have did better just i mean miss all these things just, right have some have just, some humility just showing them that you care Show them that you care, you know, yeah. and that you're, that's all. That's, that's what matters. Anyway, the, the book, <laughs> if you guys haven't already read it yet, what are you waiting for? Again, James Limpston, Cornerstones of Leadership. Chief, frankly, it's a good looking guy there. <laughs> I like that picture. It's, it's, yeah, I must it's say, good. I look young. I look young in that picture. <laughs> Uh, it's like a year ago, so you're you're younger than you. Yeah, that's right. 
Remember, it's all about, right? So I talk a lot about the FDNY way and the East Farmingdale way, but, um, you know, as the back cover says, um, you know, it's about your organization and your way. And whether it's, whether it's for me, whether it's the FDNY way, whether it's the EFFD way, whether it's the Frank way, or whether it's any other way, right? That, that is, you know, you can instill that to be part of, of you and your organization um, on and off the fire ground, in and out of the fire service. It doesn't matter. Be my way, Frank Sinatra. That's right. Yeah. That's what, you, know. you probably grew up, you probably went to Abbotsville too, didn't you? <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old, but I'm not that old, my brother. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Shots fired. <laughs> oh, all right. Shea Stadium it was. Yeah. All right. Sure. Um, and everybody take a take a moment because Frank is a Mets and Jets fan. Just kind of all right. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's a, that's appreciated. That's appreciated. We <laughs> did just get a win, but yeah, the Jets just is. Yeah. Yeah. Who am I to talk? The Reds and baseball bang. season's been over for a long time. <laughs> all right well i know you're a busy man i appreciate you making the time for uh, all my listeners and viewers and once again chief frank leave fdmy his new book go get it it's on amazon don't forget once you read it to actually write that little review for amazon that'll, that'll add up to more categories where you can say he's a bestseller and all that, all that kind of cool stuff. Yes, sir. And and if you go on Facebook, um, tag Cornerstones to Leadership and make the post public, and I will share it and comment on it. And uh, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Jim, I appreciate you having me on here. I appreciate you, all you do. I mean, your conference that you put on is just fantastic. I mean, I've had the privilege to go there twice. Just what you and Nick are doing, just you, you're saving lives. The, sometimes the moments that never happen matter the most. And my friend, what you guys are doing with your conference and what your with your show and all the things you're doing when you go and teach, you are making sure that many moments never happen and our brothers and sisters are able to live a longer, healthier life um, and enjoy all those bucket list things that they want to do uh, later on in life. So I appreciate you. I truly appreciate you having me um, on this show. And um, most of all, Jim, I appreciate your friendship. That's likewise, Frank. Believe me. I'm honored to be your friend. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, through all the tough times, this guy was there for me. And I appreciate that because that, that means, that means a lot. Cause I, I, I can only imagine how busy you are, but you always took time for me. I appreciate that. You're, you're a good man. Thank you, Jim. So are you one family. I'm okay. I have moments. <laughs> talk, talk to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but he's frank lieb and i'm jim bernica and we are out of time i'll get him next time when uh whenever he writes the sequel <laughs> thanks my he's brother. like he's like i don't want to i don't even think about that right now <laughs> all right take care frank you too jim thank you